Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Katie French! Yay! Yay! It's, uh... Well, it's here. We're doing it! <laughs> We're doing the series, and, uh, boy, does it start exactly how you'd expect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just want to throw a quick uh, trigger warning on this one, um... Paige, you might be better suited to, to do this. <laughs> hey, there's a trigger warning about two minutes from now in the actual episode. But just so you know that we really mean it, uh, there is a lot of discussion of sexual abuse, particularly child sexual abuse, in this episode and the following three episodes because it's Children of God. And if you don't know the story of Children of God, then oof, uh, you're in for it. It is pretty brutal so if that's something that's going to impact you negatively you have been warned and feel free to skip this one if you need to your mental health is more important than a podcast okay bye absolutely that being said it is still a great episode and we are joined by the hilarious katie french hello katie hello friends uh before we get started where can people find you you can find me you guys can subscribe to my youtube channel i have a funny DIY YouTube channel called Laugh Cry DIY and you can also find me on my website at katiefrench.com to see where I'm performing what I'm doing who I'm fucking no (laughs) (laughs) hopefully only one person (laughs) I've been in a long term monogamous relationship um yeah Katie you fuck however many people you want (laughs) I just wanted to be on brand for the episode I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I didn't oh, that. no, that's great. Yeah, go to whoskatiefucking.com to see. <laughs> um, I bet that website actually exists. My, check my fuck of the week. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can go to also just some plugs up top. You can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast. Check out all the tiers that we have there. Thank you for our Patreon supporters for uh, supporting the show and for making this possible. Also, um, if you want to listen to the show somewhere new, might we suggest Rooster Teeth? Cock-a-doodle-doo. Yeah. Go to roosterteeth.com or download the app on your Xbox, your Amazon Fire Stick, your Roku television, or your mobile device to watch a bunch of awesome shows. Uh, we got Last Laugh Season 2, Camp Betrayal, uh, Good Morning from Hell, Black Box Down, fucking Red Web, a bunch of stuff. But more important than all of those stupid dumbass shows is our show. So go watch us and fuck everyone else. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think without any further ado, let's hop into the show. Hello. 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 Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these these are are our opinions. opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have Katie French. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Thank you for joining us today, Katie. Katie is a hilarious comedian who has her own fantastic DIY channel that I am obsessed with uh, and has also joined us before for our episode on Midsummer. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yay! Uh, today is going to be a wild one, uh, and it'll be a wild next four weeks. Are you ready? <laughs> yes, I have already. Um, I've already scheduled time with my therapist to process each episode <laughs> and really get into it. Uh, we did specifically ask you because we were like, who could potentially make us laugh if we get too sad? Uh, so <laughs> thank you, thank you for being here. Can't wait to do what I did for my parents' divorce. Um, there you go. Them. <laughs> And with us, we have Zoloft. How's Yay! it going? <laughs> so today is one that has been asked for a lot. We've waited on doing it because it's upsetting and we didn't want to. <laughs> I'm just being oh, real, real transparent. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, uh, there is definitely a trigger warning on these episodes for sexual abuse in general, but specifically sexual abuse of children. Uh, So heads all the way up. If that is going to upset you, it's definitely going to get talked about in these episodes because this is the start of our series on the children of God. Now, Paige, I was under the impression that we were all sort of the children of God. God. I mean, yes, but just thankfully not all this version. Oh, oh cool. God. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I like to think of myself as like the nephew of God. You know, like there you go. I think that's a pretty safe distance. Yeah, we're I good. am. I am personally the spawn of Satan, but that's, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, I was like, uh, yeah, no, Kate, Katie, living that witchy woman life. Yeah, we stay oh, yeah. communing with the Dark Lord. <laughs> I just watched the movie The Witch recently. I don't know if yeah. you guys have seen it. Oh, with uh, is it Black Philip? Yes, yeah. Black Phillip. I've been living <laughs> yeah. deliciously. Um, so that's Wouldst really now like to live deliciously. <laughs> Iconic I, quotes. Right before we started uh, recording, I was talking to Katie about this little nook that she designed in her closet. <laughs> And it's just so funny to me to, for her to go like, uh, yeah, you know, I put up like the wallpaper. I've got like a built in like it's so nice. And now you're just like, yeah, I worship. Devil. Yeah. <laughs> I dance in the circles in the forest. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I do my it tropical all- wallpaper. <laughs> and yeah. I do it all for the DIY. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that should be merch. Guys, you guys, if you want to check it out, subscribe to Laugh Cry DIY. Um, anyways, moving on. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's dive into our sources today. So uh, for today, we have the Children of God documentary from 1994. You can usually find it on YouTube. That's where I was able to find it. Uh, but also a second documentary by TV Ontario called The Love Prophet and the Children of God. Oh, no. Which was a real unfortunate name. <laughs> like, I know what they were going for, but I feel like defining it as love is real upsetting. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no. No. Uh, but then we also have an article uh, from Logos.com uh, about polygamy in the Old Testament and New Testament. Why? Uh, what? What do we'll they know it. about it? They cover logos. <laughs> <laughs> the one where <laughs> logo RuPaul's Drag Race? No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the logo we... for polygamy is just 36 dicks. Oh, God. <laughs> so we also have um, a book by Larry Eskridge uh, called God's Forever Family, The Jesus People Movement in America. And then we have the family.org publications database. And that contains most of what will become known as the Mo letters uh, written by David Berg. We'll get into a lot more of those in episode two, but we'll cover some of them in this first episode. Are we ready to get started? Let's get childrening. Can I say Yay. no? I don't, I've never tried it before. <laughs> um, contradictory to what this group would say later on, yes. Oh. <laughs> always say no. See, that's why. I, always say no. That's why I'm trying to get out of it. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I will say these two, uh, peek behind the curtain, we're recording episodes one and two at the same time. Uh, these two are the tamest of the four. So. <laughs> tight. <laughs> yeah, tight. Tight, 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 tight. So. If we're going to talk about the children of God, we have to talk about a man named David Berg. So David Brandt Berg was born February 18th in 1919 in Oakland, California. (laughs) To a family of preachers. And there had actually been preachers in their family for over 200 years, kicking it off with his grandfather. His grandfather was a man named Reverend John Lincoln Brandt. And in his mid-20s, he had a some sort of life-changing revelation experience. We don't know what it was. <laughs> I read a bunch of different records of this, and it was just like a life-changing conversion experience. But we don't know what it entailed. Regardless, he basically dropped everything to follow a guy named Alexander Campbell. Uh, now, Alexander Campbell was a preacher at the time who actually preached in tandem with his father, Thomas Campbell. And together, they strongly stressed on the reliance of just the Bible, basically scripture only and simple living. 
and they had established kind of a movement in their home country of Ireland and then into Scotland and then made their way to America where they kind of linked up with another preacher in Kentucky, a man named Barton W. Stone, and they formed what is now called the Disciple of Christ or Churches of Christ movement. And to this day, there are similarly vague names for them all over the world. So they still exist. And it's a pretty, I would say, standard, non-denominational style, basic Protestant Christianity. It's pretty par for the course for what you see day to day. I do want to say that every, I mean, you said that they have vague names, like vague names for churches. I've never really gone to church and I've always thought that all of the names for churches are just hilarious. Like every time I drive by one and they're, it, it, this is not a real one, but it might as well be. You'll just see a building that's called like the first church of Jesus Christ from earth. And it's like, Dude, what? <laughs> yeah. I I used to live in like a shitty little uh, city and I would see this dumpy little building when I was a kid and it was next to my, it was next to my house and it said uh, the first church of Jesus Christ or something and I was like damn so that's the first one huh? <laughs> like I have no idea what any of these fucking names mean yeah at all. It's, it's usually the first one in that town mm. oh so, yeah so which usually is the only one that survives, but sometimes you'll find a second or third one, which I find and really interesting. They'll have that in the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second church. Wow. Oh, I've yeah. never seen that. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. It's not common. But um, also over time, like way back in the day, it would be the first church of that denomination in that town or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the longer we've gotten away from that, like, now there are some denominations that have kind of adopted like first into their name. So, mm, you know, you see a lot more of them, but um, it, it's a f church naming is a phenomenon mm. where if you didn't grow up in the church, it does not make a ton of sense to you. And it's a thing that I, I find that we as Christians are notorious for doing, which is uh, using almost like an inside joke and we're like they'll get it and it's like no no one gets it no one okay. understands what you're saying Puns for god no yeah no where they're just like clearly the born again movement for the restoration of the and you're just like no one knows oh, yeah. no one understands yeah. that yeah or when they post like sermon titles and they're just like god wants us to go out into the and it's like no one knows the reference you're making yeah this is I just confusing to people please be more plain spoken I feel like yeah. I'm I'm from Orange County originally, so I grew up with a lot of even like evangelical mega church. Yeah, yeah um, Mariners. People. I actually yes. went to that church for a hot second. Yeah. And they all like I don't I don't I don't know her. Like I don't know any of her. <laughs> but her. they all to me they all sound like high schools in '90s sitcoms. Like it's like, <laughs> do you go to Mariners? Do you go to Bayview? Do you go to whatever? Do you go like, to Calvary? Uh, I don't know. What's the other one out there? Saddleback. Uh, yeah, Saddleback. Yeah, Saddleback. They all sound like, they all sound like football football high school teams. Yeah, that's modern modern mega churches all sound like hot, uh football high school te high school teams like Hillsong, Saddleback, Mariners, yes. yeah. What's up, yeah. nerd? You don't yeah. fuck with Saddleback, all right? Saddleback. Go fighting yeah. <laughs> Jesuses. <laughs> uh back back home, they're not mega churches, but just lar the larger churches in the area. The one that my parents go to is called Neighborhood, and the other <laughs> one is the one where I went to high school is Redwood. So like <laughs> <laughs> it stays it holds true is the high school naming yeah totally yeah i uh i i don't know if this makes sense but the long church names or it's like the first church of the something 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 like to me those always felt like somebody played mad libs with like a spelling bee champion where they're like okay yeah. now give me like a wacky um uh adjective and they're like denominational yeah. Like, all right cool well i wanted like butt or something but sure yeah <laughs> tight i like that you think butt is an adjective yeah. yeah you never you never use i use it as an adjective like damn look at that butt ass church over there <laughs> long ass name dude <laughs> long ass name uh anyway so you'll see alexander campbell and his father thomas campbell and uh barton w stone also known as the campbell stone movement um, or Stone Campbell movement, depending on who you talk to. You'll see their churches all over the world, usually as Churches of Christ or uh, International Churches of Christ is what they're typically called. So 
For Lincoln Brandt, though, or John Lincoln Brandt, this led him to spend his entire life on the revival trail preaching Campbell's doctrine of basic living and getting back to scripture. And along with him, he took his children, including his daughter, Virginia Lee Brandt. Now, he meant it when he said scripture only and simple living. So they were poor and super strict. And Virginia, his daughter, fucking hated it. Hated it so much. Uh, And she's kind of a fascinating figure because this is the woman who will become David Berg's mom. And she is definitely the biggest influence on him. And despite growing up on the revival trail with her father, by the time she got to college, she had become a self-professed atheist and was largely Um. just concerned with society functions and parties. She had no desire to be part of the world that her father was a part of. Until she married a Swedish man named Hjalmar Emanuel Berg, who was a preacher. So I don't super know how a hardcore party atheist ends up up marrying a preacher, but she does. Uh, They say we all date our father. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, in this group, that is going to turn out to be troublingly true. Yeah. In episode oh. three. Oh, you, they say yeah. we all date our father. <laughs> uh, um, so Virginia became pregnant with her first child with Hjalmer, um, but almost immediately after giving birth to their first child, she broke her back in an accident. Now... This is according to her. We don't know anything about the accident. Uh, we don't have a clear definition of what happened. If it was like a horse, car, tree, football tackle. We don't know. Maybe he's um, getting fucking dicked down to yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Hjalmer had a little bit of a Mjolnir. Nope, I can't say those words. A <laughs> uh, hammer. Anyway, so she ends up spending... According to her and Hjalmer, by the way, this is according to them, uh, she spends the next five years completely bedridden with multiple doctors telling her that she would not live to survive the accident. Um, However, she slowly recovers and her husband credits divine healing with this change. Mm. So she goes from being a hardcore atheist to preaching on the revival circuit herself as a self-professed reverend and practicing faith healing and the more performative aspects of Christianity. Her big closer was the story of how essentially God healed her injury and saved her life, basically prevented her from dying from the accident. Uh, It's the complete opposite of the kind of thing that her father would have preached so it's like Mm. she's still kind of rebelling a bit um and her father at this point is dead so she goes out and hits the revival circuit hard and they take their children including david with them and she becomes kind of a star on the revival circuit uh Everyone loved her story about surviving that accident. Everyone loved the faith healing and the speaking in tongues that she would do. And as a child, David was brought up believing everything his mother said to be completely true and believing that she had the power of God on her side to heal people at will and to have healed herself. Um, However, his younger life in the church was not a completely positive environment Because his parents were both preachers, they were often at speaking engagements and not necessarily caring for him at home. They had other things to do. So they would hire nannies and nurses. Now, according to David in his later writings, he was sexually abused by two different caretakers as a child. Mm. Um, One, a German nurse who actually, I believe, just kind of physically abuses him. Uh, But then he claims that uh, his next caretaker uh, was a woman who would provide him with oral sex to get him to sleep. What? Oh, God. Naps. Yeah. Uh, I have a quote about it. 
I don't want to read the quote. It's real gross. I really hate reading the things this dude says. Um, so I'm not going to read this quote because it makes me super uncomfortable. But if you want to read about it, uh, there are some direct quotes about it in his book, uh, in his Mo letter, My Childhood Sex, Doing What Comes Naturally from 1978. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. What? Yeah, it is real upsetting. Uh, and yeah, and that's <sighs> not the only one uh, because oh. he also would go on to say in that same section that he was taught how to masturbate by an older boy at church who whispered it in his ear during one of his father's sermons. Um, not the time, dude. Not Oh, what a worse time. Yeah. You should have uh, found out how to masturbate the old-fashioned way by having a friend your own age explain it to you while you play Halo. All right? <laughs> I remember... I think that's how, that's how most people find out. Yeah. I, I remember vividly, he explained it to me, and I go, so do you, like, need the lotion? And everyone looked at me like, yeah, you dumb idiot. What, are you trying or to I start a fire? Oh my god. I I do I do think for many boys there is an experience like that where a friend just tells them and I think girls often find out on accident. Yeah. For sure. Like, yeah. I don't know if that's Yeah, we weren't playing any Halo. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah, there's a lot of I mean obviously you guys know there's just like a lot of shame with that comes with sex and oh, no one likes yeah. talking about it. But dudes, boys they treat it like it's this ancient secret handed down for generations where they just where you know when you're a when you're a teenage boy you're just like man i wish you know i wish i could use the thing that's always going off in my pants and then something going off yeah it's because it's like an alarm you know it's turning up yeah you know? yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. you're just like i wish this i wish you know i wish i could do something and then somebody's like welcome my son Oh, no. <laughs> to oh, the no. secret of generations. You can do it yourself. Well, unfortunately for David, he took that newfound knowledge uh, and put it to use, but his mom caught him. Oh, okay. no. Okay. And forced him to finish in front of his <gasps> No! You can't make him smoke the whole pack <gasps> with jerking it? That's fucked up. Okay, we're barely into this, and I am traumatized already. Uh, oh my I god! Will, this is it. It's there's this, and then there's not much else till episode three. So, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I promise. We just okay. had to get through this. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that's wow. Super wow, wow, wow. fucked up. Uh, super super fucked up. And <sighs> his parents believing that he is a burgeoning sexual deviant crack down even harder. And really strongly emphasize with him that any gratification outside the production of children is a sin. However, he is a teenage boy. Uh, now also, a teenage boy that has been sexually abused. Mm -hmm. So, he will absolutely display abusive behavior later where this is absolutely a case of like hurt people hurt people mm -hmm. and that does not excuse what he does later by any means he knows it is wrong and still does it um but i cannot imagine that this relationship with sex as a young man was at all helpful in dissuading him from that it definitely contributes to some of his more questionable ideas about sex uh but he still acts on them so like i understand that right now we are probably going to feel very bad for him because it was abuse and it is horrible and that should never happen to anyone but keep in mind that he is also later on an adult with his own choices and chooses to continue to hurt others yeah so this is a lot like when we looked at the case of r kelly who literally abuses women in the same way he was abused as a child Yes, he was abused as a child, but he also has a responsibility to not abuse people as an adult. Like, you can be victimized, but also be responsible for your actions as a grown-up. Totally. So, yes. Yeah. So, David grows up, gets married, and has a family of his own. And he tries to make it as a preacher on the revival circuit, but it's now the late 40s and early 50s, and it doesn't have the same fervor that it had in the 20s and 30s. And most established churches didn't want anything to do with him. He didn't have a clear adherence to any one doctrine. He just kind of preached what he felt like. 
And while that totally works on the revival circuit, it doesn't super work on the established church circuit. It's kind of like being a road comic versus being a comic on TV, where it's like doing your five minutes on Jimmy Fallon is very regimented, very specific. In a rowdy club on the road, you have free reign. Yeah. So he's a road comic trying to make it in a TV comics world, and it is not happening. <laughs> he's just like getting up there and like, have you ever heard somebody beatbox before? Yeah. <laughs> he's up there, Who all is married? Who's got anniversary? <laughs> you two together? Yeah. Give it up for the troops. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys want to talk about? Uh, <laughs> Y'all know how to jerk it? <laughs> uh, so... He decided that there was only one thing left for him to do, and that was to build his own church. So he does in Arizona. But even then, he gets kicked out again. Um, of his now, own church? His yes. own church? Yeah. Uh, now, he claims that it was for advocating for racial diversity. But mm. the reality is that there were a lot of rumors of sexual impropriety. None had been proven, but they continued to circulate. But... Those rumors didn't really need to be proven because he publicly made his position on some key beliefs pretty clear. According to his wife, Jane, he had claimed that he believed the Bible said it was fully okay to have two or more wives. Now, we should dig into this for a bit because there are a bunch of other religious groups that believe this. Uh, and I think it's important for us to know why and where he might be getting this. So... The Old Testament allows for polygamy, but doesn't encourage it necessarily. Um, and a lot of it's cultural, as, to, as opposed to specifically biblical. Uh, the law of the time actually made it mandatory in some circumstances, where like if a married man died without leaving a male heir, his brother was required to marry his widow, regardless of whether or not the brother already had a wife. But this was largely so that the widow would have support during her old age because she could not own property of her own. A lot of polygamy laws at the time are based around the fact that women are property, not people, which is unfortunate. Um, but this is covered in Deuteronomy 25, 5 and 6 and Leviticus 18, 18. Um, the only restriction is that you're not supposed to marry two sisters. Uh, but a lot of it is as a means for securing support for women in old age or growing your, like, farm or land, basically using it as, like, acquisition, if that makes sense. Um, but it was also beneficial when the number of men was reduced by warfare. So if you went to battle and a bunch of men died, it helped replenish your population. This is actually something that happens in France after World War One as well. Um, so the rules for yeah. marriage back in the day were basically just like the board game risk, right? That's yes, what it seems like. a lot. Like. Yeah. Like you marry, you don't get new troops. You just marry somebody and it's like, ha, cool. Now I own this area. Yeah. 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 Uh, now, not every culture was super into polygamy. Oddly enough, Rome, ancient Rome, not as into polygamy, um, not wildly against it. But also, I think it was more that they were a little more sexually ambiguous as a culture and so they didn't necessarily see sex and marriage linked marriage was much more a political or monetary convenience um so at the time when jesus is around in the new testament he sides with rome in saying that like yeah maybe don't do that whole polygamy thing and within the parts of the jewish community that were close to rome that was kind of the accepted thing of like, yeah, we're not really going to do that anymore. But further out in the more rural portions where there was a lot of land that needed a lot of tending and you needed a lot of people, it kind of stuck around for a bit until much, much later after Christ's death when Paul and some of the other apostles are moving through those kind of wider spread areas as missionaries and they kind of advocate for no longer participating in polygamy huh uh so so that was their like that was like they were missionaries that went on to like spread that as their position that was their like missionary it's one position. of <laughs> 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 on the it's one of one of many missionary positions mm -hmm. that they spread you know like on top but then like with the pillow underneath yeah 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 uh, but regardless, essentially by the time the New Testament concludes, polygamy is kind of a no-go, and that becomes kind of the modern stance of Christianity. However, uh, 
groups, particularly Christian groups that still practice polygamy or Christian adjacent, I would say, that practice polygamy, look at those Old Testament texts where it was normal. And that's kind of what they pull from. They kind of like pick and choose and ignore the historical context of why it may have happened. And that's where they end up. Uh, but that's what he decides that he believes. <laughs> this is why you can't do your own research. Like you need. Yeah. To- <laughs> it's always dangerous. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like definitely do your own research or whatever. But if if you're just looking through a giant source of shit and only picking out the ones that help you, despite later on, it's like, nah, eh, no, maybe don't. Yeah, that's so dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Back to David. He developed this belief just in time to go on the road with his mom as she decided to return to the revival circuit. And his wife, Jane, wasn't dumb. She knew that while he was traveling around as a preacher, he was absolutely cheating on her. Like, so much. But she didn't feel like it was her place to do anything about it because patriarchy. Because it's like, the you know, the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, also... If you're thinking it's weird that a 50-something-year-old man and his 70-year-old mom went on kind of a sex tour of the country's churches, <laughs> yeah, it is weird. And given some of the doctrines Berg will talk about later in life, um, yeah, mom might have been in the mix. No! Um, no. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. And we'll talk about it a little bit more later in some later episodes and what kind of david berg claims was kind of his sexual upbringing i guess if you want to call it that in his yeah no, uh it's oof, man. i that's why there's a trigger warning man <laughs> this oh, is a rough one God. um now there's a phenomenon in comedy where regardless of how funny you are the staff of the club remembers how you treat them. So they remember if you tip and they remember if you bang the wait staff. And the truth, the same thing is true here. If you're a traveling preacher, it's super not a good idea for you to just constantly be banging church ladies at every stop. Oh, man. And David was constantly being thrown out of churches to the point where now at the age of 50 in the 1960s, he had basically rejected the idea of organized churches altogether. And he was kind of devastated that his preaching days seemed to be over. And he had followed his mom for the past decade. But he was not in the spotlight. So he does the next best thing. Like any good Californian, he organizes his four children into a gospel singing group and takes them on the road. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Stage parents. Stage, Stage parents. Momager. Dadager. 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 Yep. Now, they had been touring around the country, and so they had moved away from California, and now he moved them back in 1968. Literally the perfect time to hit California. Mm. They call their singing group Teens for Christ, and they would evangelize (laughs) on the beach during the day and sing in the afternoon and evening. And I looked for video of them. The documentaries both have archival footage of it, but I looked for a separate video to just pull but I don't know if you know, Teens for Christ is a super fucking generic name. Yeah. And say they were, the, yeah. Yeah, their SEO is terrible. Like, <laughs> you cannot find it. Um, it is not easy to find. But again, David's not in the spotlight. He is a dadager. He, he is Chris Kardashian, and he's like not feeling it. Yeah. Um, but then he has a stroke of good luck. See, his mother had come along with them with the band and she would preach as part of their, uh, their show because she was this really dynamic preacher that people would actually listen to. But at this point, she is in her seventies and she dies leaving an opening in the show. Um, (laughs) there's a, oh, wow. Yeah. See, with his mom dead, he could kind of use a lot of her routine on a whole new audience. So he started preaching during the band's performances, but not just regular preaching. This isn't your mother's preaching. This isn't your mother's preaching, literally. I mean, it literally is, though. It is, is, but it is not. Uh, He got himself a sweet pair of sunglasses, silk robes, and sometimes even a dashiki. Okay. And he started to preach about the revolution now not a specific one just a vague idea of revolution 
because he had already kind of figured out what the people who were listening to their band were into. And he injected his mother's old revival style into it. And it didn't matter that a lot of the things he said weren't remotely biblical and didn't really make any sense. People latched on to it because it sounded a lot like what hippie philosophers at the time were saying, but with a sprinkling of Jesus, plus there was a band. So they started to target the hippies specifically. He sends his youngest daughter, Faith, sometimes they call her Faithy, uh, out onto the streets to witness to hippies specifically using music. And there are videos of this, and you would have to be high to enjoy that music. <laughs> so I get it. Um, <laughs> but they essentially start preaching a doctrine of if you want to have peace, you have to give up everything for Jesus and fuck the system. That's basically what they're telling people. In no further distilled or specific version than that, they're just like, give up everything and be a revolutionary for Jesus. And you can do that by joining us. Mm. And this resonated super well with hippies who already were anti-materialism and looking for ways to be a bigger impact in their world. And this sounded like a way for them to do it. So David Berg had finally found his true audience. And within a few months, he had about 90 followers, which doesn't sound like a lot. But remember, there's no internet or anything. This is literally word of mouth. So within Within a couple months, they had convinced 90 people to leave their lives behind and just join them. Jesus Christ. So then Exactly. They, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, then they had a bright idea because they rejected the way that organized churches worked. They needed to capitalize on how different they were from those other churches. So they just started picketing churches Basically being like, you're not Jesus-y enough. Like, they're like the Westboro Baptist, oh. but the hippie version, where they're just constantly picketing. But there's a problem with that. Cops hate it. <laughs> they <laughs> hate it so much. So they end up kind of on the run, and they get themselves a bus and a caravan of VW bugs and a new name. Oh, my God. They start calling themselves the Children of God, and they hit the road it is never good in a story when a group gets a vw bug i know <laughs> yeah, i know it's not good for manson's dune buggies and it's not good here it's bad yeah. oh, so no. they start to go town to town across the country gathering kids in every town and at the time their beliefs and the way that they functioned as a group was pretty conservative it was really like kind of a hardcore christian commune um, they also would have them wear sackcloth and ashes to signify that America was about to be destroyed. And they would preach oh. that the end times were going to come in the next 40 days. Um, oh, girl, move that, move that, uh, finish line a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like more than 40 years even. Um, yeah. but so that obviously doesn't happen. They have to keep pushing the date back because the number one rule of doomsday cults is never set a date. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. Um, but that's not even their biggest problem because they needed a place to be. Their numbers now included several hundred and they were just constantly in buses, rest stops and VW bugs. And that's no way to keep that many people. But thankfully, they would find a solution in an unlikely place. Texas. Oh, my God. Yeah. We've got, okay, found, we've got VW bugs in Texas now, and I'm just like making, it's like a bingo card of like, this gets fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so they found 400 acres in Texas called the Texas Soul Clinic. Now, the Soul Clinic was actually like a franchise of like church communes, kind of, and it's owned by a friend of David Berg's who was like one of the few churches that still allowed him to preach. Uh, so he had worked at the Soul Clinic in Miami, Florida. So they allow them to have basically the free run of the Texas Soul Clinic of this 400 acres. And it's literally nothing there. They build it from scratch for the most part. They build cabins. They DIY everything. it. They DIY it. <laughs> well, I'm interested. They DIY it. And it, it's actually, I don't know if you're uh, as obsessed uh, with like Tough Shed Tiny Houses as I am. Mm -hmm. I watch too many YouTube videos about it. 
<laughs> but they have like a whole row of what effectively look like tough shed tiny houses that they've painted in different colors almost like that row of houses in san francisco where it's like if this wasn't a horrifying cult this place looks pretty fun like it'd be really a great cute. airbnb very <laughs> yeah. very grammable is what i'm yes <laughs> very grammable um but it's not perfect because the kind of people who readily hop on a strange bus and leave their entire lives behind at a moment's notice are not necessarily people who were super adjusted or committed to their previous lives to begin with. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them had addiction issues or had come from situations of abuse or homelessness. And there were a lot of tangible problems that couldn't just be musicked away by a fun teen band. And for a lot of these people, the group actually gave them a community and a place and a support system. And that can't be understated. We talk about how the reason people join cults all the time is because it meets tangible needs. That's 100% what is going on here. I mean, yes, there's also some brainwashing going on here, as we talked about on our uh, cult deprogramming episodes, which that those episodes will converge in a bit. Um, but also, these were people who were struggling, who now had a place and people to belong to. Plus, unlike California, drugs weren't as easy to come by in the middle of nowhere in Texas. So, willingly or unwillingly, most people got clean. And most of them credited David Berg with their newfound sobriety and started calling him Moses David or simply just Dad. No! No, 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 no. No. There's only, no. there's like two acceptable places to call somebody dad. And it's like when they're your father or like a very confusing time in bed. Just once. <laughs> Just well, once. That will be on brand for later, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. And also, I just want to clarify, if you can't say dad, you have to say daddy. And I don't know oh, why. Oh, God, no. Yeah. I, 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 daddy no is, daddy way. is barely the smallest percentage of acceptable. Where like, it's still gross. <laughs> it's, it's fucked up. I would not like it. Uh, but for some reason, it still technically works. But there is no way that if a girl looked at a guy and was like, mm, yeah, dad. No, no, bad, awful. That's why I prefer to say father. <laughs> <laughs> papa. Oh yeah, papa. <laughs> no, it's worse. Oh God. Ugh. Yeah, papi huh. basically is the only acceptable version of that, and it's just cultural. That's it. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I do think, Katie, though, if you're saying father in bed, then it just kind of sounds like you're having sex with a hot priest. <laughs> and oh, that's then it's true, actually like, like forbidden fruit. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is. That yeah, is a good point. <laughs> yeah. Boy, does he love to eat the forbidden fruit. <laughs> oh, God. God. Anyway. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's now 1970. They're living in their very grammable town uh, in the middle of nowhere in Texas. They've completed the commune and they start stockpiling resources to prepare for the end times that they've been told are definitely still coming in 40 days. <laughs> Two years later. Um. Now, big surprise, all of those dates pass. And he sets new dates, those pass too. He sets new ones, those also continue to pass. All of it keeps getting rescheduled. And they essentially still keep setting dates for a while. I don't know why, but like, even almost through the end of his life, like he stops doing this after a while, but he's always like, it's coming in like three years. <laughs> he's just yeah. kind of like... Constantly pushes it back. But a lot of people there didn't really care because they believed that their lives had been changed and their lives were infinitely better than they were when they were addicted to drugs or homeless. And so they let it go. And they considered themselves revolutionaries for Jesus, which gave them a sense of purpose in what used to be a scarier world, if that makes sense. It's, again, people meeting tangible needs. You know, if somebody is able to pull you, help pull you out of addiction or give you a place to live, a place to stay, a thing to do and food and board and everything. That means a lot to you. That's not easy to run away from. Even if somebody keeps telling you the world's going to end in 40 days and it doesn't. <laughs> but then something changed. So that's where we will pick up next week. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ah, mm -hmm. man. This is... um. 
this is like pulling a band-aid off and the this first episode is like where you start pulling it off and then it hurts for just a second at the beginning and you're like okay 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 slow 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 yeah so like i know what's coming i know that there's the pain of my hair follicles being ripped out of my fucking arm (laughs) and i know that i'm gonna have to deal with it but just god damn it i don't want to I know. But, you know, I got to think about like, as, you know, if we're approaching this from like an empathic, empathetic point of like people getting into it, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I am personally kind of super obsessed with California in the 60s yeah. because it was such a wild time, like so many crazy, like unique ideas. There's like, you know, it's like we have Vietnam cultural splits, like people are wanting new, like they, they are wanting to like break free of stuff. Anybody who has, yeah. And anybody who has any sort of like trauma past is always going to be like, you know, driven to this, but also it's like, you're also coming out of like the hyper materialism of the Mm -hmm. fifties and you want to like, you know, I don't know at this wait, what at that stage, was he still, he was not preaching minimalism anymore. No, was it he? was his grandfather who preached minimalism. Oh, that was it. That's right. Yeah. And then yeah. the mom was like a party girl. And then he yeah. himself was like, I don't know, savior through sex or whatever. Yeah. yeah it yeah. sounds like ultimately. Ultimately, um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's really interesting to look at too. I mean, we talked about this anytime we talk about cults from this time period, um, because there are a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And we'll cover some of that in the next episode. But there is definitely a correlation with the harsh conservative stance that the church took at the time Mm. where you have these teens and these young people who are educated and have lived fairly privileged lives. They didn't fight in the war and they are now kind of looking at how they can improve the world around them. And so they're, fighting for equal rights they're fighting against the vietnam war all of these things that they deem as incredibly important and their parents generation is really shutting them out uh and in a pretty harsh way and so i think it really creates this vacuum for groups like this specifically where it's this idea of like yes this is what jesus would have actually wanted is for us to try and serve people and give up everything and be selfless and it's that backswing that allows for really these groups that can kind of take advantage of that optimism. I would yeah. say. Yeah. And it's so groovy. I mean, I think we, we have, <laughs> it's groovy and I like their groovy, style. Baby. Um, <laughs> but they do, I think we don't like, we never understand the level of, con- I mean, we feel like there's conservatives conservatism conservatism that's Brittany okay sorry (laughs) conservatorship um we feel like there's a lot of conservativeness now but like like my my own dad like he was kicked out of high school for having long hair yeah and like that I mean he was in Oklahoma in the 60s but like just the idea that long hair was so radical at the time dude it's super fucking radical dude it's (laughs) so radical (laughs) but that it was such a the Sometimes I, I sometimes I try to think about in history, when was the biggest divide between children and their parents in terms of their lifestyle, their everything. Mm-hmm. And like in that era, if you have like, if your dad is a 1950s businessman, Don Draper, and then his son is this like weed smoking, long haired musician, hippie, it's like, could not, who's like dressing even in his opinion, like effeminate because he's wearing like, you know, mm-hmm. embroidered blouses or whatever. Like it just was such a culture clash between people at the time. I don't know. I, I mean, I honestly think there's a current clash that's similar. Yeah, like my mom loves YouTube and I love TikTok, and it's like <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand me, ma. <laughs> I I do think that, and and people have kind of pointed to some of the commonalities between now and the '60s and '70s to question whether or not there will be kind of a a, a cult revival, if that makes sense, and hmm. which we'll see a lot more cults. And I think the Big time. current pop culture interest in cults indicates that, yeah, we probably will. Uh, just our modern cults look a lot different than the cults did at the time. I, I think a lot of our modern cults are self-help based. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like uh, positivity thinking cults uh, that kind of are, are almost more financial based than communal based, if that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. And the like... Of- 
MLM. Um, oh, yeah. I was going to say a lot of like economic cults. Yeah. Economic cults for sure. And meanwhile, all our grandparents are falling into those stupid hate cults where they're just like. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of QAnon going yeah, on. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I also think like this time period, specifically the 60s, it's so easy to believe pretty much anything when for the past 10 years, uh, the world has been convincing you that Jello is an acceptable form of eating shit. <laughs> You, Everything's space age. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You put ha- we've read like old recipes where it's just like, yeah, put ham in a jello, serve it to your husband. Mm-hmm. Makes no fucking sense. I'm still mad about jello, by the way. Every time <laughs> I every time we bring up the 50s, that is the only thing that I can think of. Well, and we always now I'm just prepared, Megan, get ready. Uh <laughs> I'm just prepared for the onslaught of aspics and jellos in the Facebook group now. Uh, again. Oh god. Uh, every Every oh, no. time, every time we bring it up, Did you say we just get a whole bunch of them. Yeah, aspects. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I actually, the, uh, this is a current DIY that I'm obsessed with. Um, there is a woman on Instagram who makes fake cakes, which was like a thing in the 60s and 70s to have like mm-hmm. fake on your cakes. on your um on your countertop. Yep. Mm-hmm. And sometimes by 90s moms in the suburbs because and, yeah. a friend's mom of mine, her whole house was fake baguettes and fake cakes. <laughs> Why? And like like hard cheeses, like fake, like, because I well, do remember the fake baguettes and the hard cheeses of the 90s. Genuinely, it was actually an interior design style called um, 90s Tuscan Revival, which was yes. like why everyone's mom, everyone's kitchen, mom's kitchen had like Italian wine signs. It was like they all look yep. like Olive Gardens. Um, yeah, and why everyone painted their houses that kind of butter yellow color to make it look yes. like it's a Tuscan home. Yes. I think you yes. guys had a wildly different childhood than I <laughs> I think you mean a whitely different yeah. childhood. We didn't, uh, we didn't have like yeah, Italian yeah, yeah. wine shit, but we did have a neon Bud Light sign in our kitchen. So Honestly, I would prefer that. Yeah. I love that. That is fun style. Okay, wait, um, I know, I'm sure you guys have got this question before though, but like what type of cults Okay, let's say if you guys were living in the 60s, what huh. type of cult would you have been most likely to join? For sure, like Ooh. Timothy Leary, Ram Dass. Like, uh, absolutely. Mm. I already I already like Ram Dass as like uh, an idea guy, if that makes sense. But then because I cover cults for, I would say, a living for the last, <laughs> for the last yeah. few years, um, I've realized like I like the ideas that he comes up with and that he says but then every so often he'll say something about like this is how you should be having sex and it's like no you can't do that but no <laughs> it's yeah. so close to Went just being far. good like do, like tell people your ideas on living but don't tell them like to follow it and which he does a pretty good job of for the most part like he does kind of cop himself out by saying like you can only follow as much as you can like don't ever mm-hmm. chastise somebody for not being more um I guess devout is maybe the wrong word, but that's like one of his philosophies is like, you can only do what you can. So don't, Mm. don't push it. Don't feel bad for not devoting yourself fully. Just do what you can, uh, to, to, to sort of live this better life. So I like that a lot, but for sure I would have fallen in with the, I mean like with the amount of fucking acid and shrooms I do now, like I definitely would have followed. And it's so hard. It's so hard to get those now, by the way. Um, you either have to know an actual scientist who's corrupt or, <laughs> or like you have to, I, in my case, like I, I got acid by going to, uh, uh, this guy's house to do a party show, like where I did stand up where like everyone else is a punk rocker and I had to, you know, he handed me four tabs of soggy acid, uh, oh, that God. he had wrapped in a peeps flavored jelly bean container uh, like bag and then given to me and it's like yeah I got Paige you're making a face I didn't take the acid I mean I took it from him but then I looked at it and just kind of had it for a couple days and was like I can't do this I can't do these Not drugs right. no no yeah. no so a hundred percent uh I would have fallen in with like the Timothy Leary Ram Dass like the sort of uh like let's lose our minds in the desert of Mexico Colts for sure nice mm, nice uh I I think I would have gone Dale Carnegie. Hmm. Interesting. Why? Um. I I think because it ends up being a lot of public speaking and sales, and I think oh. I'd be like, well, at least I'm good at this. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I I think I would have known it was bullshit and not like believed it, but could have made it profitable for me. Does that sound like yeah. okay. that's a terrible thing to think <laughs> and admit? Uh. You would have but- succeeded. I think I would have succeeded because I, I, I don't I wouldn't have fallen in with one, of, with one of the drug ones. 
I I don't think I would have been down for commune living because I am a pussy ass bitch when it comes to camping. <laughs> and so that basically just leaves like Dale Carne- Carnegie power of positivity sales nonsense or early Scientology. And I feel like early Scientology is too dense for me. Because, like, if you've ever had to listen to L. Ron Hubbard speak, you're just like... Too much literature. Fuck, fuck this nerd. You're like, fuck this yeah. nerd. I can't deal. So I I think the only option for me in the 60s is, like, Dale Carnegie. What so. about you, Katie? I think that... Okay, this is based on aesthetics alone. Okay, I think I would have gone Manson. Okay, listen. I would, think I would have gone Manson. Yeah. I, no, you know what? Katie, I, I fully do, respect I used- this. I used to do a joke about this because when I don't wear makeup, I look like every Nansen girl. Like I absolutely do. (laughs) If you guys can't see me, I fit the aesthetic because they were all white girls with like um, dishwater blonde hair. Yeah, it was like middle part, middle part, long stringy. Every time I see a picture of my mom and my aunt in the seventies, sixties, seventies, I'm always like Manson. It's like full Manson. It was an aesthetic, and I just it's it looks like my heritage. It is is your birthright. How. (laughs) <laughs> it, it looks like my birthright. They all look like me. How how uh, on board are you for having sex with a five foot six inch beardy? No. I'm not there for that. <laughs> I feel like I'm like tangentially there because he was like kind of like into the the music scene. Like I feel like I accidentally met them at like a show on the Sunset Strip or something, you and then I got the spiral staircase. I got yep. too talked into it. Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I don't. I don't want to think that about myself, but I just yeah. feel like um, I don't know why they all look like me. So that's all. I'm going to be real with y'all. I'm maybe like two years away from just like leaving society, joining a commune and being in a cult, like for real. <laughs> I, but just a like burnout cult. Yeah. Just like you just do shrooms. You like live in Joshua Tree. Yeah. You, you, make, go join- you make art. You gotta join Unarius, dude. It's only fifty bucks a year. Yeah, I don't know. I I went to Joshua Tree uh, to like just kind of get away from it all, do some shrooms, and just be out in the in the open. And uh, I fell in love, man. That was like I love that place. <laughs> it felt like I mean, first of all, it is technically home because it's where it's over by where I'm from. But also, just like I don't know, I uh, hate everything. <laughs> I hate it and I just like I don't know the only thing that I can do that I want to think about is just like why do we live why are we alive what's the point of it and 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 how can we uh learn to be like better people and and shit like that so I really like it and enjoy it and the more I think about it the the closer I am every single day to just selling everything I own and leaving and going out I feel like there there are some practical concerns that you should consider before doing. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I don't know. We we got to have him on. But Ryan, who works at Funhouse, lived on a, a commune that he lovingly calls the Fuck Farm, and he and he. Oh <laughs> my god! And he I, every single time I hear a story about this. By the way, uh, I don't know if he was living on the Fuck Farm, but a friend of the Fuck Farm is our friend Krista Maris. Who knew Ryan? What? Who knew Ryan in college and was friend of the farm? Yeah, friend of the farm. <laughs> friend of the friend farm. Of the farm Chris Damaris, uh, who apparently also was like tangentially related to the fuck farm. Which you don't, Katie. You don't know either of these people. But if you had ever seen any of their content or met them in person, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely lived on a commune at some point. It really makes sense. <laughs> See, this is why I've never done psychedelics or like drug hard drugs in my life. Like I barely ever even had weed. Um. And I'm terrified because I'm such a like control hyper thinker that I am terrified. Like if I do psychedelics, I will instantly just abandon my life. I will become yeah. a man that's like whatever. <laughs> like yeah. truly, it's really my biggest fear. Even though I, I really do want to try it, but like I'm afraid it'll be that. Or I also I'm always afraid that I'm just gonna take off my clothes and go into public. <laughs> that's I don't know why. I just assume that's what I do on mushrooms. I, I mushrooms especially are nicer, I think, for the first time to try, just because like a lot of people assume that you're gonna like see something or like lose your mind or not be able to think clearly. I was talking to uh, another comic, John Michael Bond, about this the other day. Um, where a lot of people assume that you're just going to lose your fucking mind and, uh, and start like tripping. But like every time I do, (coughs) but like every time I trip, I am just in a happier 
mood if that makes sense like it just it sort of strips away this um what a lot of people make might call ego of like i just don't care about certain things like i don't care how what people think of me uh i don't care about anything i'm just like there with myself trying to figure out like how i feel about stuff and it's very nice i've never thought that i could fly like i've never gotten dangerously high and i've done a lot of acid and i i explained <laughs> this to john michael bond is like i never thought i could fly but i did have the inkling of the idea i would never test it i would never test it but i have been on acid and i've thought to myself like I bet I could do it if I tried. I won't try. I won't do it. 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 Because if I did, it would work and it would freak everyone out. I like that that's the reason you're like, no, I can't let everyone else know that I can do it. That's so funny, dude. That is so funny. Yeah. So I don't know. I I think everyone should try shrooms at least once. Um, And this is, again, the beginning. Like, mark your calendars. Like, this is when everyone should start watching me and and checking in every month. Just be like, hey, bud, do you still live in a house? I've already been homeless. I'll do it again. Oh, God. Yikes. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to buy shrooms, uh, this episode is brought to you by shrooms. Hey, uh, (laughs) either grow them yourself or talk to that weird cousin that makes everyone uncomfortable at the family parties. He knows where to get them. Um, No. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful, amazing Patreon donors. You can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast. Check out all of the wonderful tiers and rewards we have there. Also, if you're looking for a new place to listen to the show, might we suggest Rooster Teeth? Cock-a-doodle-doo! Yeah. Katie, we make uh, rooster noises. It's because they hate they it. They hate it. <laughs> they tell us to stop doing it every time. And they give us money sometimes. Yeah. And we still do it. <laughs> Katie, do it. Join our side. Can I do this? What, are the, what is the one in Spanish? What do roosters in Spanish say? Kikiriki. Kikiriki. I forgot. Isn't that the thing? I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this, I forgot the, that roosters in different countries sound different. Yeah, they speak different languages. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for giving us a taste of that Spanish cock. Um, yeah, go to... No! roosterteeth.com or download the app on your xbox your roku television your amazon fire stick or your mobile device uh katie katie french thank you so much for joining us where can people find you you can find me uh subscribe to my youtube channel at laugh cry diy or go to my website katiefrench.com katie with a y nice uh yeah katie is great she's a really 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 funny stand-up comic and we did uh amazon prime's laugh after dark together um, oh yeah, we I, we will both be featured on an episode coming this fall. Yeah, question. question. I don't know when it's coming out, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I uh, I didn't know if I wanted to still go, and then I asked Katie like, "Are you going?" And she was like, "Absolutely," and I was like, wow. "If Katie's going, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta be there with." I'm a, am I a cult leader? Did I make you absolutely? Come? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just I don't know. I when I mean that is what cult leaders love to do: make people. Come. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I take it back. Katie, you never made me come. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. When you were go- when you said you were going, I was like, oh, I got to go. We got to, you know, homies support homies. We got to turn, yeah. turn out. Yeah. yeah it yeah, was yeah. a lot of fun. got to bro out. It was great. Yeah. I'm really happy you were there yeah. too. Um, Did that sound genuine? I, I meant it really, but it felt like it sounded really fake. <laughs> I, no, it didn't. I would have... I was there in spirit. I would have traveled with Crystal to go see you, uh, but oh, I yeah. got COVID like that week. No. Yeah, that was, I was like still testing positive <clears throat> for COVID. And so Crystal called like the day before. She's like, do you want to do something crazy and drive to Vegas? And I was just like, <laughs> yes, but I can't. <laughs> like, do you want to do something? Absolutely. But do you want to no. do something crazy and drive to Vegas is how cult start page. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> or amazing girls yeah weekends. yeah exactly. i mean there is very little yeah. difference between the two fine yeah. line <laughs> yeah fine line uh katie thank you awesome. thank you so much for joining us if you want to find me on social media i'm on instagram tiktok twitter all those stuff uh at mondo does stuff m-a-n-d-o does stuff uh also um the last episode of last laugh drops this thursday where you can see the satisfying conclusion to 
a bunch of stuff like who's who laughed last, who had the last laugh, and who farted in that room and ruined it for about two full hours. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing it was uh, you. You might be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn! Um, All right. Yeah, it, it's a it's been a really good show, and the last episode comes out. Uh, you can check that out on Rooster Teeth. Um, also on YouTube and Rooster Teeth on Funhouse's channel and Rooster Teeth's website, you can uh, watch a special Halloween edition of Bored as Hell. I take my friends and coworkers through uh, a game called Dread, which is like a D and D style game, but instead of dice or stats sheets we use a jenga tower and anytime you want to do something you have to pull from the jenga tower and if the jenga tower <laughs> falls you die uh wow. i spent two or three weeks writing the story drawing all the character designs and even making music for it and uh, we filmed it in the studio it's a super great production go check it out uh it's so good it's so good and i'm so proud of it and and please go watch that um yeah and that's it i love you goodbye forever i'm gonna go join a cult bye <laughs> okay well uh it's me your girl Paige. i'm here every week if armando joins a cult it's all right i'll be here for you we can process it together <laughs> um i am roast battling october 12th so as of the day this comes out it'll be tomorrow at the comedy store uh and if you want to listen to me on other stuff you can listen to me on horror virgin and romancing the pod uh and you can find me on social media at page wesley on twitter or at rampage wesley on instagram and tiktok uh be sure to send me send me what cult you think you would have <laughs> in the 1960s yeah, i like that yeah uh and i love you all bye if you want to follow our show on social media, you can go to at Colt Podcast on Instagram. Or at Colt Podcast Show on Twitter. You can also send us an email to coltpodcastshow at gmail.com. And if you have anything that you'd like to send us, a.k.a. Dr. Fauci's Piss, we're still waiting on it. Yeah. Um, or if you have actual tapes of Teens for Christ, the Berg family band, mm. you can send those to Ugh. 375. Yeah, I know. It's so we can burn them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you could send those to 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237. Like, like the, the Shining, Shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. And I think for this one, I'm going to say don't drink anything that David Berg hands you. Oh, God. No, no. <laughs> he creepy. I don't trust him. And don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye. Yeah.